the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. Well, what a political week it has been, and we are only gearing up for the season. And that's good news for us and for you if you're listening tonight, because we have a very special guest that I would say knows a little bit about politics. Larry, who do we have with you in studio? Sure, Wendy. Victor Lopez was born and raised in Chula Vista, the son of two immigrant parents from Mexico City and Tijuana. He grew up with Spanish as his first language while spending time back and forth with his family across the border in Tijuana, Mexico. Victor served as the Lincoln Club deputy director prior to becoming its executive director. Victor was also former campaign manager for Noli Zoza and city council, uh, who's running for city council. And also he worked for the office of council member Chris Kate and the former San Diego mayor Kevin Falconer. Victor earned his bachelor degree from San Diego State University, majoring in political science with a minor in international security and conflict resolution studies. As executive director of the Lincoln Club of San Diego County, Victor oversees all operations and its strategic vision. Welcome to the program, Victor. Dr. Wendy, Larry, good, good to have you guys. Thank you for having me here. You know, Victor, one of the most interesting things about you, not that I am not totally in awe of your political prowess, I'm well aware of how much you know about every race. You also were almost a professional baseball player because you are very talented on the field. I would love for you to share with our listeners, what was it that tore you away from a sport you are so good at, no doubt you still play it, uh, in, in sort of maybe set you along the political path instead? It's funny. A lot of times people ask me, you know, Victor, how'd you get into politics? And I say, I don't know. I thought I was trying to be a pro baseball player, a pro baseball player my whole life. And that didn't work out all of a sudden. But no, really, it was um, I pursued baseball up until my first year of college at San Diego State, tried to walk on and I got cut. A lot of my buddies are doing real well right right now. A lot of them are playing the the minor leagues and a few other ones have already gotten tapped up to play into the major leagues. Um, you know, Keisha Schmidt's killing it from San Diego State. He's playing for the Giants and Julian Escobedo. He's playing for the Cleveland Indians. My buddy Ben's playing for the Mariners. So um, they're doing really well. And it, it was funny. I, I was pursuing baseball this whole time. And all of a sudden, you know, I get cut from the state team when I try to walk on. And then I'll never forget the first time somebody went up to me and said, hey, Victor, what are you doing this Saturday? And I said, oh, we'll have a game. Oh, wait, I don't have a game. I don't have practice. I don't have any of that. And I think Steve Nash said it best as an athlete in this life. He believes you die twice. I think he said this a couple years after he retired. And I remember reading 
He said, you know, the first life is your whole athletic career, and that's everything you do. It's practice, your games, your whole life revolves around around the sport and being committed to that and being the best you can be. And then when you stop playing that sport that you've loved your whole life, that's your first death. And then you go into your second life, which he says is the most important part of your life and finding the true meaning and is living that the rest of your life, whether it's family, you know, going into a different type of career, exploring yourself and, and really just finding who you are at, beside the sport. Because as much as I love baseball and it made me who I am, there's a lot more that went to it. And I think one day I just, it was actually because of my big sister. She was working in the political world. She had interned for Mayor Faulkner and then worked over at Southwest Strategies, a local lobbyist firm who does really good work. And she she kind of brought me into the political world. And I remember the first political event I went to was, I think, in 2018, uh, when Councilmember Kate had gone reelected, and I didn't even know anybody there. I, I, I all of a sudden she's pointing out, "Hey, that's a mayor. Hey, that's a council member." And I, I was a kid in San Diego State studying political science that really wasn't involved whatsoever. And from then on, and being brought more and more into it, and studying and getting more into my political science major at the time, I I just realized, you know what? I think I can offer a lot more to the people I know and 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 San Diego County and whoever by going into the political world instead of throwing a ball and swinging it with a bat. Now, don't let me undermine baseball. It's the love of my life, and I'll forever be grateful for who has made me today. But I think that there's a lot of good work that I can do, and I think I can help people on the biggest scale possible I could find, which is politics. But at the end of the day, it's helping people. I know it sounds cliche, but we all have that MO of why we wake up, and I wake up knowing that I'm trying to, in this moment right now, better the San Diego County politically, but especially the business community. Wow. Uh, Victor, what is the Lincoln Club? What's its purpose and who makes up its membership? The Lincoln Club is a group of small business owners all around the county who are all committed to making the county pro-business friendly, whether it's policies or the elected officials that we get into office. The Lincoln Club is doing really well right now. The membership is so diverse right now. Uh, a big thing that I emphasized during my when I took over last year I said that I really wanted to make sure that the club is countywide and a way we do that. And because at the end of the day, you can focus on a number of races, but there's so many races going on around the county. There's a whole list that I, I probably couldn't recite it to you off the top of my head, but I get most of them. But having a pulse on all the small cities, whether it's, you know, or a big city like city of San Diego, which is the largest city and then, or you'll have Chula Vista, but let's go up North to San Marcos. There's so much going on. And the membership, we started focusing on doing events in these far parts of the county because, you know, 45 minute drive, I'm from Chula Vista, right? I t- if I catch tra- traffic on a bad day, it'll take me roughly 40, 45 minutes when it's actually a 20 minute drive. I have a heavy foot, so I might maybe make that 15 or 16 minutes, but a big thing, the membership, it's, it's business owners and, and not just business owners, there's elected officials, political staffers, or just people that your average neighbor down the street who wants to know about what's going on politically and they just want to commit, they want to be a part of the commitment to bettering that pro-business community. It's it's so vast and diverse that you, you have your local mom and pop shop business owners and then you'll have some members that you know may own a really big building or, or some big property in the county. So it's very diverse. But a lot of people, if, if you would have asked me five, six years ago, what's a Lincoln Club? I would have said, I don't know. I, I, I don't know who they are, but... Once you once you become once you become involved, once you figure out the 
amount of influence that we have, it's, oh, okay, Lincoln Club, I know exactly who you guys are. So we be, being able to move and shake is our, basically our forte. I love the moving and shaking. That's exactly what it is, isn't it? And, and Victor, what are some of the most important races that you're following right now as the leader of this club? Yeah, there's a number of races we're taking a close look at. Uh, we'll, we'll go up with the big ones. We're looking at some statewide races. Lonnie Chen right now running for state controller is doing an amazing job. He has all the criteria, the perfect resume to serve on the controller position. But the problem is a lot of people don't know what the controller is. And it, you ask, yes, average Joe down the street might not be able to give you an answer, but the controller has a very important check on the current governor. And with all the criticism that he's facing right now and has been harming the political, the business community, Lonnie Chen would be the perfect candidate. And hopefully, and I, I know he's going to do a good job this election cycle that would be able to put the governor in check and be able to provide in-depth audits to what the state of California does. And then, and then moving over to another important, it's an issue going around the entire United States, especially California, with public safety. And who better to serve the state of California in a position like that, which, was, which is our endorsed candidate, Nathan Hockman. Lonnie Chan and Nathan Hockman are endorsed by us. Nathan Hockman is a perfect fit right now to help us get California back on track. The smash and grabs, everyone's reading headlines. Nobody feels safe right now. I don't think anybody wants to have to hold their hold their purse a little tighter or hold their wallet a little closer to their, to their pocket every time that they go outside of their house. It's and in houses are getting broken into as well. But the, I mean, the car smashing guy issue was just, if I think people really started to wake up to see what was going on. And we were really fortunate here in San Diego to have our current district attorney, Summer Stefan, who will not be facing an opponent this cycle. That is huge for San Diego County. We are not letting San Diego turn into a San Francisco or an LA with these high crime rates. We have to protect, we have to protect not only the business community, but the entire County as well. And that was a big party that we focused on. And then, and then more locally, aside from the DA race here in San Diego, it was uh, County supervisor, Jim Desmond. He's, we have to protect the County board. I think after COVID, everybody realized how much influence or local government has on them. And Jim was fighting for these great policies that we have to defend and the club has supported and endorsed him since day one. And Jim's just has been doing an amazing job. And he has a re-election coming up this cycle. And we're, the business community is behind him. Oh, that's great. Uh, Jim is, is absolutely great. So really quickly, Victor, what's up with this uh, gasoline tax? And what's the status of that? Were they going to tax us per mile? Yeah, so the, the gas and mileage tax right now is probably the hottest issue around the county, uh, putting a tax per mile uh, per mile driven and then at the end of the, at the end of the year receiving essentially a bill uh, coming from coming the coming into the mail and you know as a somebody who drives a car every day in San Diego that's just not really sustainable gas is up the roof right now uh, the average median home price is over eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars it's just becoming harder and harder to live in San Diego I just I, I just bought my first house I'm in Esco right now I just came from looking at my house the other about a couple hours ago and I drive every day to downtown. I drive up to North County. Part of being the executive director of the Lincoln Club of San Diego County is I have to drive countywide. And that might be Fallbrook. That may be Chula Vista. That may be Alpine. So that mileage tax is going to be a hot issue right now. A lot of voters are really upset about what's going on with that. And I think the candidates that are opposed to that are going to see a really, a really successful election cycle. 
Victor, you know, we're at the end of the show, but I want to thank you so much for coming on. I hope you have Gas Buddy installed as an app on your phone. That's what a lot of us use. And it always directs you to Costco, so know where your Costco's are. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. And we want to thank our listeners. You are listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. But don't touch that dial, folks. We have an action-packed second half. We will be back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick, and my co-host Larry Dersham and I have a great second half. Guess what we're going to talk about? So it probably won't take you more than a fraction of a second if you listened to the show before. Yes, we're going to talk about the unsealing of the affidavit in the FBI Mar-a-Lago raid. Now, let's just sort of uh, cue this up with some of what we've been teasing over the course of the last several weeks. Nobody expected to see the entire affidavit. Uh, in fact, you know, I always made the joke for news stations, don't prepare your prepackaged, uh, really ready-to-go sound bites. Instead, prepare your printer by replacing the ink. But it turns out that we actually get to see more than we thought, not the sources and methods, and not the civilian names, and not the information that would lead us to know what's behind those redactions. Now, Larry, you and I have been practicing law for a long time collectively. Were you surprised that we didn't get to see more of the underlying affidavit? Or is this par for the course? Is this what you would expect, given the concerns that were voiced by the judge in that 13-page document he released last Monday? Well, normally, as we discussed, I think, last week, they don't release the affidavit unless there's been an indictment or an arrest. But this is such extraordinary circumstances that the judge said, no, we're going to go ahead and release that. But yeah, I'm surprised that I understand uh, up to half of that affidavit was redacted. So basically you got, you know, just just half the text is is not even there. And so it makes it a little bit hard uh, to tell, you know, the thinking behind that. But I do know that the Biden White House worked directly with the Justice Department and the National Archives to instigate the criminal probe into alleged mishandling of documents, allowing the FBI to review evidence retrieved from Mar-a-Lago. And it began at last spring. I think they were there in June. And then they had that surprise raid on uh, Monday, August 8th. They took everybody by surprise. And it really set a historic precedent. And I think it was a a bad precedent uh, for future presidents. You know, what's interesting about that is Judge Reinhardt actually talked about that precedent setting aspect and didn't really give it the credence that a lot of the news organizations have. In other words, he found there to be such historic significance to the issue to begin with that he really didn't see there being a lot of precedent to set. In other words, this is not going to mean that. Well, now the floodgates are open. Now pre-issue affidavits are fair game to be released. He didn't see it that way. In fact, if anything, he went really off the charts the other way to continually 
make a record as to what factors he believed weighed in favor of sealing versus in favor of releasing the information. This is a judge that wasn't going to please really anybody most of the time. And, and many people on the, well, I would say probably on both sides to some extent were amazed that we got what we did. But Larry, here's something that was included within the affidavit that is is interesting, um, both to the Trump team and to, I don't want to say team Biden, let's just say the, the, the more liberal leaning um, public that has been following this. We learned a little bit about the chronology that led up to why the raid. In other words, there what this wasn't the first attempt to get the documents. There had been correspondence between the Trump administration and the National Archives. There had been subpoenas. So there was an ongoing negotiation, apparently, that had been taking place ever since the former president left the office. Were you surprised or do you think it's it's reasonable that they ratcheted it up to the level they did at the beginning of August, given the raid, when they did seem to have been making progress, if you want to call it that, with the 11 boxes being delivered to the National Archives? Or is it noteworthy that those 11 boxes contained information that sort of accelerated the process because they found some classification? Yeah, I- when it, so we have our my opinion. This is my opinion. I think it's totally a hundred percent political. Just think of that. They've never done this before. Every president in the United States maintains the top secret security clearance, including Jimmy Carter, George Bush, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama. Every single one. They have never raided a president's home before. And just look at this. If you can think back, I don't know the exact date of it, but Peter Navarro, who is one of his economic uh, consultants was arrested in the Reagan uh, airport right there in D.C. for a misdemeanor put in leg irons. Are you kidding me? This guy's an older gentleman and hauled off. And it's it's all for show. It's all for intimidation. There is no reason for it. I think they talked a little bit about nuclear secrets. Well, it turns out, I just found this out, that there was a letter that he had written to Kim Jong-un of North Korea about, you know, we ought to get together and talk about these nuclear arms and missiles you've been shooting off. That was the nuclear secret. Are you kidding me? Again, in my opinion, Wendy, and you don't have to agree with me or even say how you feel on this, it's 100% political to bring him down so he doesn't run for 2024, to drag this out so his endorsements for the November elections kind of lose some of their gloss and people kind of back away from it. Well, remember, Larry, my my role on the show is the silver lining. That's it. You're the the cloud. And so the, the gloom and doom predictions, that's all you. Um, the silver lining. Okay, let, let me move to that. It probably will motivate people to get out there and vote. And, you know, Donald Trump, he's not on the midterms. He's not on the ballot, but he's the shadow candidate. He endorses. He supports. He he gives speeches that that either make or break, especially some of the up and comers. And who's to say which way this will benefit? At the very beginning, there was speculation that, well, there's nothing in this affidavit that's going to help the Trump organization. The president only wants it released because that would make everybody feel sorry for him. But given the back and forth between the National Archives, the Justice Department, the FBI, and the uh, goings on at Mar-a-Lago, some people thought, well, now maybe it will, um, it, maybe it will be to his disadvantage. But Larry, that doesn't really seem to be the temperament of many of the hardline Republicans. In fact, if anything, they may be motivated to get back out there and vote. What do you think? I mean, is it going to motivate everybody on both sides, even though he's technically not on the ballot? Or is this something, given the release, 
that is going to harm his chances in 2024. Well, I understand uh, we had Dick Morris on the show a couple weeks ago, and he said the reason he's yes, not on the did. ballot is because of uh, there's some political laws and so forth. If you announce all of a sudden uh, donations take a different uh, uh, tack and so forth. So you got to be careful about when you announce. I think he's going to be running for 2024. And I think that the left, uh, the Democratic Party, uh, and a lot of the what I call rhino Republicans are terrified. The deep state is terrified. Here's a guy that doesn't own, doesn't owe anybody anything. No political favors. He's independently wealthy. So you can't, he can't be bought off. And they are terrified of a person like that. And to see how popular he is, I just worry, this is just me talking about his safety, his personal safety for himself and his family, because I think these people are so desperate. I just hope it doesn't go ratchet up even higher than it is. But I, you know, what's go ahead. You know, what's interesting about what you just said before I forget is one of the concerns the judge had is to release this information would to release the blueprint of Mar-a-Lago. I mean, the Secret Service have a tough enough job uh, protecting the former president and his family as it is. Do we really want to give those types of details that won't only put the people involved in the raid in danger, but potentially the former president and his family in, in addition? So that's another reason that the judge weighed in favor of so many redactions. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But uh, again, I don't know how it's going to play out. But I used to, you know, when I was growing up, I would defend people that were being picked on. And I maybe it's why I became an attorney. I have never Aww. seen a person be picked on as heavily as this man. And it's just like he's the underdog. He's being beat up and people are standing by doing nothing or cheering on the people that are doing the harm to him. And I've never, he's been drugged through every court that you can imagine. So I'm just, you know, praying for his safety and so forth. And for our country as well of course you know what's interesting about your observation is most people would really be just anxiety through the roof they'd be on their therapist couch most of the week if they were subjected to some of the criticism a fraction of the criticism that the former president is but doesn't it seem like he seems to kind of thrive in that environment i mean this is no stranger to litigation if anything he's more comfortable around this kind of contentiousness and you know what's what's unusual about uh, donald trump he doesn't really see it as contentious at where most people would be just absolutely beside themselves if they had to take some of this incoming and then deliver it right back. Even when he counterpunches, you'll see him off, off script, off camera, some kind, sometimes just sort of, you know, almost commiserating with some of the people he's just attacked. I've never seen anything like it, Larry. And that, no doubt, may be why some people are going to be so polarized on both sides when it comes to Donald Trump. You either like him or you hate him. There's no middle ground. you got an opinion. Right. And, and there's also something really interesting. The uh, acting National Archivist, Deborah Steidel Wall, it, she wrote a letter to Trump or to Trump's counsel, I guess it would be, saying that I am not going to honor your executive privilege. And she only had the nerve to do that because the Biden administration, through their their counsel, the Biden administration's counsel said, no, we're going to not defend his executive privilege. So for the first time ever, to my understanding, they removed uh, one of the ways that uh, that Trump could fight back against is say, you're not entitled to take all these documents and look through them and, and rifle through them. Basically, they, 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 uh, they have a person, and now they're looking for a crime to pin on the person. It's kind of the exact opposite the way it should be. Usually, there's a crime, and then you look for the person that committed the crime. This is the opposite. And for them to, for, for her to remove that executive privilege is setting a bad precedent, no whether 
it's a, a conservative or a liberal president in the future. We're opening the Pandora's box, so to speak, on this, in my opinion. So, you know, back to the silver lining, everything we've been talking about, everything we've been talking about, Larry, is is just regardless of anybody's politics, any of our listeners, it, it really does underscore the importance of taking the time to get registered and get out there and vote. And before you get out there and vote, becoming educated on all of these issues, including the kitchen table issues like gas and groceries. Everybody drives and dines and we're just going to be talking more and more about this is my prediction. So it's everybody should have a voice in the process. So with that silver lining, I am going to thank all of our listeners for joining us. You're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy, headlines with a silver lining. Have a great week. We will see you again next Saturday night and God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.